Welcome back to One Winning Pod, where the Ravens are looking to win their first game in a new sequence of hopefully a winning streak against a team that hasn't won for three games straight. We're talking about the Denver Broncos. Let's ride. They are not that good. <laughs> their defense is, is a pretty good team, pretty good unit. They lost a piece during the trade deadline. And then their offense is completely anchored by that guy, Russell Wilson, or at least the ghost of Russell Wilson that is playing for them at this current moment. So we'll break it down. They're currently last place in the AFC West. They lost to the Panthers team that we beat by 13 points. Favored by eight and a half. The over-under is on 38.5, boys and girls. They don't think many points are going to be scored, and I can't blame them based on how these offenses have looked. The Ravens are somewhat underperforming. <laughs> the Denver Broncos are tragically underperforming. So what do you guys have here? What do you, what are you guys thinking? What's your opening thoughts? Dude, well, you, you undersold how bad this team is. So you said they're coming in here with a three-game loss streak. You realize that this team has not won in the U.S. of A. Uh, since Jimmy Garoppolo stepped out of the end zone. Over their past eight games, they are 1-7, with their one win being because Trevor Lawrence threw a pick at the end of that game in, in London. That is it. That's the only reason that this team has a win over the past eight games. Um, gosh, they're, they've just been bad. And, you know, I, I can take half credit for calling this because <laughs> I remember whenever the news broke that the Broncos got Russell Wilson, I know a lot, everyone was saying, oh, man, the Broncos, look out. They're going to be a force in the AFC. I'm just like, I don't see them finishing higher than third in their division. I think that you got the Chiefs. They're still at first, and then someone, either Chargers or the Raiders will take second. But I didn't think they were going to be this bad. I just thought that the, you know, the Broncos, the Broncos, ever since they've lost Peyton Manning, they've always underperformed. They've had good rosters, and they just don't put it together. But this is a new level for, for the Broncos. This is just, this is among worst teams in the league. Russell Wilson has less touchdown passes than, than uh, he has bathrooms in his house this year. <laughs> uh uh, shout out to uh, Caleb from our Dynasty League for sharing that meme in our, our chat. There's apparently some guy on Twitter or TikTok, I'm not sure which, who's literally keeping tabs on when Russell Wilson is going to have more touchdown passes this season than bathrooms in, in his house. And <laughs> it's December. It's about to be December, and bathrooms is still winning. It's incredible. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, though... <sighs> You do have to take into consideration this defense. As bad as their offense has been, their defense has actually been really good this year. And while while they haven't won many games this year, uh, they did take the Raiders to overtime. They could have won that game. Uh, they had a close loss to the Chargers. That game, I'm pretty sure the Chargers won on a last-second field goal. They were, they were again in a close game with the Raiders in Week 4. I think that game wasn't as close as that final score was, though. I think that was some garbage time points they scored. And of course, there was that overtime loss to the Colts that where no one wanted to win that game and, and nearly uh, canceled Thursday night football for the rest of, of eternity because <laughs> of how unwatchable that was. Or so I was told. Luckily, I slept through it. But yeah, I, I do think, though, what scares me about this game is the defense that the Broncos have. And as we've been discussing, some relative inefficiencies that the Ravens offense has had given the injuries. So I do think when we look at this matchup, that's the most important thing to look at. How does this Ravens offense match up against this defense? And can the Ravens get out to a, a, a fast start in the first half so that the Broncos don't even have any hope 
of of sticking around in this game. Because again, that's the only way they win this game is they're not going to get out to a big lead. They haven't done it all year. Why would they do it now? But if the Ravens do let them hang around like they've done with the Panthers and the Jaguars these past two weeks, I, even the Broncos could beat them. So I think if we're looking at the matchup, that's the first thing you got to look at. Also, another fun Russell Wilson stat, Carson Wentz <laughs> has more touchdowns. <laughs> and he's been wow. benched since week six, seven. What week are we on It's been now? a while. 12, 13? <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, historically bad. I mean, one thing I was going to add, just as far as the Broncos uh, team, they have had quite a bit of injuries, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, obviously, uh, is a promising second-year player, Javante Williams, running back. Um, he's been on IR since early in the season. Um, Judy has been out of the lineup. Uh, their starting left tackle, Garrett Bowles, is also on IR. Uh, Tim Patrick as well, we're at wide receiver. Um you know, their receiver depth going into the season looked pretty dang good. But, yeah, with uh, a lot of injuries, particularly on the offense, it you know, certainly hasn't helped. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Wilson himself, I think, is playing at a unbelievably low level um, for his career. Um, so, obviously, you know, that kind of puts a wrench in the whole thing. But, but yeah, um, certainly, yeah, I, I think you're right, Peter. Just a underachieving roster. But that said, yeah, I think it's a great point of – you know, their defense is good enough, unfortunately. Uh, almost similar kind of with the Panthers and almost the Jags, right? You know, they, um, you know, the Panthers and the Jags both have played us pretty hard, particularly on the defense, and, uh, you know, provide our offense some struggles. So the Broncos have a very similar uh, defense, if not better. Um, and certainly, yeah, a lot of what we talked about last episode with the offense, they've really got to try to take some steps forward to be able to capitalize and, and score some touchdowns on this defense because if not, it's it's going to be another nail-biter. So, yeah, looking at it right now, Sun's the only guy we can say with confidence who looks like he's going to play this game. And his last three games, he's not looking horrible. He just he hasn't found the end zone, obviously. <laughs> and he also just hasn't been um, kind of like fully himself. So three weeks ago against Tennessee, he had 11 targets, six catches, 66 yards. The week after that, seven targets, five catches for 80 yards. That was a pretty good performance. And then last week against Carolina, eight targets for six catches and 75 yards. So definitely a guy to consider, a guy that I think Marley could help shut down. But then you got the issue of if Judy does come back, that guy, while he's been very disappointing all year long and kind of honestly his whole career, has had injury woes, obviously, too. Missed all, missed all of last year. It turns out that like he still has talent. Um, and I think if both of them are out there, I'm concerned because then you have that whole, like, all right, we're now, there's two good options and we don't have any trustable corners. Maybe, I think the good news is, like, if, if Hamilton is able to play, and it looks like maybe he will be able to play this game, then we have two outside corners again and not having to have... Marlowe in the slot and I think that helps Marlowe in the slot Stevens doesn't have to be playing as much I think that's a big that's a big win so we'll have to keep an eye on the injury report and see how that plays out but if if Hamilton can't go or he tweaks it or something happens I could be concerned if if Judy's playing uh, after that though it's a bunch of no names a bunch of guys you haven't heard of before probably uh Hinton I've heard of I think but like the other guys I was like yeah these these are names hey <laughs> uh Hamler got hurt so he's not going to be out there. And yeah, I think that's, they've lost a lot of offensive weaponry. 
And then you also go ahead and say, okay, they lost Javante Williams. Well, surely they have Melvin Gordon. How bad could it be? They split carries last year to much of Javante William Booster's chagrin. Well, he's out of town. <laughs> they cut him. And who who's carrying the ball? Our one and only laxatives Murray. <laughs> like he's going to carrying the ball. And like had 80% of the snaps last game. Uh, Mike Boone. He lasted not very long before he was on IR. Apparently, he can come back now, but like hasn't been seen yet. Their running game is is completely different than what it came into the season as. Yeah, it, it's crazy. Uh, and it's not like their running game was that effective this year either when Javonta Williams and Melvin Gordon were healthy at the beginning of the year. Um, as one of those people who is uh, high on Javonta Williams and had him in several spots this year, uh, you were left lacking from a fantasy point perspective and real life perspective as well for the Broncos. Gordon, it's it's really the same to see what happened to him. Uh, he bet on himself with that holdout a few years ago. Didn't work in his favor, and his career's just really been uh, downhill ever since. And, and unfortunately for him, that fumble that was it. Um, although it, it does look like that he signed to the uh, Chiefs practice squad today, so maybe he'll have some revenge there. I don't know if the Broncos and Chiefs still get to play each other this year for any more games, but yeah, and so they're going with Murray at the running back position, and he's the Murray that we remember from last year, really not doing anything in particular uh, very well. Uh, He did average 7.1 yards per carry last week against Carolina, but you will notice that 52 of that came on one carry. So aside from that, basically averaging around, you know, 3.8, what he was with us last year. Uh, so again, another aspect of the game that we think that the Ravens should be able to dominate. Something we failed to mention last uh, episode when discussing what went well for the Ravens in the game, 1.9. That's the average yards per carry the Ravens held the Jaguars runners to. And that includes when Travis Etienne was in the game. He only had two carries for three yards. Uh, this rush defense, while it had some issues at the beginning of the year, has really, really clamped down. So I see no reason to believe that the Ravens shouldn't be able to bottle up Murray and any other random running back that the Broncos throw out there and force the Broncos, like they forced the Jags, to beat them through the air. And, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence still has some ways to go uh, until he fully uh, capitalizes on his draft potential. But as we said at the beginning, uh, Russell Wilson, despite having a very good NFL career, is I would say a worse quarterback than Trevor Lawrence right now in in today's NFL. So on, on paper, defensively, especially if Hamilton's able to play, this looks like a plus matchup for the Ravens. If Hamilton is out, then yes, it gets a little dicier. But I I, I still think that they would be fine there, and we'd see more of the defense. It would look more like the defense against the Panthers as far as the pass is concerned than the pan, than the Ravens' defense against the Jaguars. I think another aspect to the game is you look at their offensive line. They came into the season graded about middle of the road, and they've suffered injuries all across it. So I can't imagine they're particularly great right now. And I think our defensive pass rush should be good enough to get home. Russell Wilson is not as elusive as he once was. I could see us being able to sack and feast there and disrupt. So even if our corner situation, our secondary overall, is a little shakier, than we would hope going into this game. I suspect our front seven could have a big game and figure out a way to slow down this offense on that on that side of the ball. 
I also think if you keep the players in front of you, they don't have the dynamic playmakers to make you super worried. Sutton's a big guy, big wide receiver, can go get contested balls, but I don't think he's necessarily going to burn you or get crazy yak. And and they just don't have a lot of those players at this point. So I would say that's another angle to look at it positively for the Ravens. Greg Dolchik, keep an eye on him. That's their ascending tight end. He's more of a wide receiver than anything else. That was my uh, analysis of him coming out, I believe, UCLA. He just, I mean, he used to be a wide receiver, uh, has that body type um, of, you know, I can kind of block. I'm bigger than most wide receivers, but I'm not uh, a road grader by any means. And and then, of course, though, if you want to talk about the blocking tight end, that's that's uh, Eric Tomlinson. They have Tomlinson from us, uh, and we see him out there a couple times. I saw him like almost catch a touchdown once when I was watching one of those terrible Thursday night games. So I think uh, I'd be more concerned about that tight end situation if our linebacking core hasn't been as, as solid as it's been. Yeah, you definitely bring up a good point. At least on paper, I think this is a good offense for uh, the defense to kind of capitalize on, just in terms of like the matchup. Um, yeah, at the beginning of the year, if you would ask me, you know, hey, how would the defense perform? I'd be a lot more scared um, just because of the, you know, the wide receiver depth that we were talking about. But with a lot of these injuries, yeah, it seems like something that the Ravens could benefit from as a great uh, bounce back game. I also don't have too much more say about this offense. I mean, we barely talked about it, but like Russell Wilson, one, one more time, he's like not playing well. <laughs> he got chewed out by Mike Purcell last game. No one knows exactly what was said, but, uh, you know, it, there seems to be absolute chaos in that locker room. I hope Tucker's comments on the plane that one night don't come and bite us, but like you got to feel like this defense is going to feast against their offense and, and, I think it can be a get-right game for both sides of the ball. It certainly does. I am personally not too worried about uh, anyone on the Broncos taking too much of a sem- of uh, exception with Tucker. Um, like you said, there was the screaming match on the sideline last game. And, uh, you know, we don't know these players, but... Anyone who's followed the NFL over the past few years, like Richard Sherman in particular and other members of the Seattle Seahawks defense were always very outspoken that there was just something off in the relationship between Russ and the rest of the team. And we're not in the locker rooms. We don't know. But certainly some of the things that he's been doing on social media this year and basically you know just what's happened on the team it does make you question the validity of that and maybe pay attention to it a little more um but yeah for whatever reason just russell wilson it's just hasn't worked with him in the broncos this year and they've got him under contract for a while going forward i think i believe i saw until 2028 so they're gonna have to figure out after this season what they're doing there because i don't see how they can bring him back for another year they're going to have to trade him or, or do something because pretty soon they're going to be starting uh, Brett Ripon, I would imagine, because they got to figure out quarterback post Wilson already, even not even one full season into this contract. Yeah, let's move on to the defense next uh, because this, like I said, this unit is actually playing well this year. And if they were paired with even an average offense, 
uh, like say the San Francisco 49ers or oh, better. I, I, I take that back. San Francisco has actually uh, been pretty good this year. Um, I don't know the Giants offense. I think you're looking at a team that is in the playoff contention. Uh, and one again for the third year in a I shouldn't say third year for the third week in a row, the Ravens are going against a young corner uh, with who's been on the scene lately, and that would be Pat Sertan the second. Uh, he was a first round pick, ninth overall for Denver last year, and he while he hasn't gotten any interceptions this year. Uh, he's been making headlines with shutting down big receivers. He had a big game against Devontae Adams uh, back in the first matchup. And while I'll admit I haven't, you know, focused too much on his, what he's been doing this year, every time you hear this guy's name, um, people are raving that, you know, he, he's a, a real cornerback in this league. He's a guy that you have to take into consideration wide receiver matchups. So, again... Third year week in a row, like I said, the Ravens are going to have to deal with a young corner, so that's going to be something they're definitely going to have to look at when they're making their game plan for this game. Broncos also have a pair of really, uh, really good safeties. They've got Justin Simmons on the back end as well as Kareem Jackson. Uh, both those guys have been um, some good players in their career as well. Kind of reminds me a little bit of, um, you know, kind of similarities to the Jacksonville as well. You know, they've got some good dynamic safeties. Uh, we're very active. We didn't talk about them in the recap episode a little bit, but they were very active on the back end uh, against us. Um, you know, a lot of them were involved in, in, in many tackles. They were really kind of swarming, um, you know, swarming when the ball was kind of let loose. Um, you know, I could see them being, uh, you know, taking advantage of any, uh, you know, shots that, you know, maybe Lamar wants to take um, and, and just being very active um, in the run game as well. Yeah, it's the third week in a row. I feel like we talk about how this team has that we're playing has a, a corner that can completely shut down one person in the game, right? So at least like the Ravens are used to that story. Uh, Sertan, obviously one of the top talents, has no picks this year, but I think it's because he's just not getting challenged. People know that he's the real deal. And uh, they also have a lot of like solid tacklers um, on defense. I would say the number one thing to note about their defense, if you look at their stats, you know, they don't have that many turnovers on the year. In fact, they're, they're just, um, uh, at, at a negative one turnover differential. So they don't even have more turnovers than the offense. Now we know that the offense has been playing poorly, but they just aren't, they, there's not honestly that many turnovers on their side of the ball either. If you look at it compared to the rest of the league, they don't have like terribly many sacks getting generated. Uh, Chubb was the biggest sack generator, but now he's in Miami. So they're just, I think they overall play well. You got guys like Alex Singleton getting a bunch of tackles, um, Josie Jewell, um, and those guys are kind of wrapping up players and, and getting them down and not letting them get big gains. So I think they have solid linebacker play. Yeah, they definitely do, which is which makes it uh, interesting when you look at what the weakness of this team is, which really is the run game. Um, in three of the past four weeks, they've had runners rush for over 100 yards against them. Deontay Foreman had 113 last week. Uh, two weeks before that, 109 from Josh Jacobs, and then 156 from ETN in London. Now, they were able to slow down uh, Derrick Henry. He only had 53 yards on 19 carries against them. But while this this defense, they're actually ranked third in the, in the league in pass defense, uh, behind only the 49ers and the Titans, I believe. 
they're middle of the pack against the run, and I hopefully we'll be getting Gus Edwards back. I don't see any reason why we wouldn't. He didn't seem to get hurt in the game. Uh, he made it through with a clean bill of health, as far as we know. Uh, maybe we'll see some more from Kenyon Drake. We didn't see much of him last game, and a couple carries from Justice Hill, uh, especially considering the issues the Ravens are having in the passing game and with the inability for the Broncos' offense to really generate big plays. It seems like a control-the-clock type of environment is what the Ravens are going to want to go for and just just mash the ball down their throat. And hopefully that's something that can give the Ravens the clock advantage. And if you're fishing in the red zone, uh, hey, that can get be a good recipe for victory. So I, I do expect for the Ravens to try and establish the run at some point in this game. Maybe they're going to start, as they've done the past couple of games, uh, try and attack the Broncos through the air. That seems to be the plan of attack that the Ravens have been doing the past couple of games. But at some point, I think they're going to put the ball on the ground and have uh, some pretty good success with that. Give me some more Duverday jet sweeps, man. We saw a couple of those against the Jags um, after we had talked about kind of his uh, snap count uh, going down. Not snap count, but touches, I guess, going down uh, some of the previous weeks. Get him more involved, you know. I, would, I wouldn't expect him to be lined up against Sertan, um, you know, most of the game anyway. Uh, maybe in some packages, but, um, you know, I, I don't think he's going to have a ton of damage there in terms of, like, the passing game. Get him more involved in the run game. Uh, it'd be a great way to kind of open things up a little bit. I thought we had, you know, relative success on a couple of uh, high leverage plays against the Jags. Um, would love to see some more of that. Hopefully, Likely is able to make an appearance in this game, tweaked his ankle late in practice. Uh, on Friday, I think it was, got added to the injury report and wasn't able to play. Hopefully, it's able to heal up and he's able to come out there. And then if not, I don't know. I thought it would be Kohler season last week when Likely was inactive, but it just turned out that they went with three tight ends instead of their normal four. Maybe he'll make an appearance soon. J.K. Dobbins is going to start practicing, which is great. I don't expect him, obviously, in this game, but maybe soon. Marcus Williams started practicing. You know, Maybe he'll be back soon. So, uh, and then, may, of course, I think the big, the other big piece when we talk about the defense is, is Stanley going to be back? I think he was just a huge missing piece last game as well. Um, not that McCarry played poorly, but Stanley just brings you a next level of op, uh, options, not just from a pass pro, but his ability to move in the run game. Um, so I want to see Stanley get back on the field when he's ready and, and start performing at that all pro level. I really don't know if there's anything else to say. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those classic games where you look at it and you're just like, gosh, I really hope the Ravens can win this. There's not that they don't have enough talent to overwhelm them. And it's enough. It's going to be a game where the Ravens can either win big because they decided to come out and play well, or they might let a Denver team stick around for far too long because they aren't able to put together a solid, you know, series of, uh, of plays or, you know, the best, or the worst option would be like they just hand them the game because I don't see a unit on the defense, like defensive or offensive side of the ball for the Denver Broncos that's going to overwhelm the unit on the opposite side of the field for the Ravens. Like they just, they just don't think they have the talent. Some of it's injury related, some of it's underperforming related, and they, I think they're the biggest eyes are going to be on the offense and how they bounce back from this game. And if they're able to execute in the red zone, get snaps off quickly, and just 
give a different taste in the mouth. You know, it's so surprising to be a Ravens organization that scores 27 points and you're just like, ugh, office didn't look that great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we got, we got, got, we got to see that cleaned up. Yeah. One other thing to look at for this game. Um, I will say, like I said, I, I, I do worry a little bit about this defensive matchup with the Ravens offense. But again, like we said, the Panthers offense was covered back by Sam Darnold last week. They scored 23 points. And another thing to consider with the Broncos, uh, they only have three wins. I, they have to be eliminated from the postseason, like virtually. I guess if even if they won the table, I, I, I can't think that that's what anyone in that locker room is thinking about right now. And you look at... <laughs> what their travel schedule has been as of late. Uh, week eight, they traveled to London, obviously. Then they had the bye week after that. They had to travel to Nashville, had the home game against Vegas. Then they had to travel to Carolina. If I'm them, I'm just sick of that. Like mentally, you got to think about what that does to a team. Like, you know, what that's got to be, you know, some stressful talks with trying to work things out with the family and, and the wives and kids at school and just... You know, if you're not in that life, you know, you're just like, man, we got it. We're just on the road so much. That's, I think that's mentally tough for a team that's that down right now. And you're going to be going against a Ravens team who desperately wants to, to, uh, wipe that bad taste out of their mouth out in Jacksonville. You know, the, the, the fan in me seeing the Ravens offense struggle the past two weeks is, cautious about this game but you look at it from that perspective the Ravens might actually have a good shot at a, at a multi-score you know blowout win here so um I'm not I, I I don't know we'll see what happens but I look at that and I wouldn't feel too good about about that if I was a Denver fan you know one of the 12 Denver fans who are still clinging on to uh <laughs> hope here some some club of sixth graders but <laughs> Just an, just an interesting aspect of the matchup there when you look at the schedule travel schedule that the Broncos have had over the past five weeks. Yeah, that's a great point, Peter. I think this team is emotionally and mentally checked out uh, in a way, and they've been having a, a really rough stretch, not just in the performance on the field, but with the travel. So we're going to add on to that with them coming out to the bank. I think it's going to be a great game to be at if uh, you have the opportunity to come by. A lot of Ravens creators are going to be in the area. I want to give a shout out to, uh, I think, Pickett Brewing is going to have a, a pregame with like Kevin Allstriker and uh, the Baltimore Beatdown guys, Cool Jackson. They're all going to be there. So that'd be a really cool place to like kind of meet some of the Ravens community and, uh, and see them before the game if you're going to be around for it. But before we uh, <laughs> end the show, we got to talk about our bold predictions and score predictions. Does anybody have one that they just can't wait to get out? Want to talk about? Not can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, though, I think I'll just go right into score predictions here. Uh, Again, like I said, I am concerned about the matchup here between the Ravens offense and this defense here. But like I just said, the mental aspect of this is something that's very real. And if you're the Broncos, I don't see how you motivate yourself for this game. I think the Ravens, by that fact alone, we'll have an easy win. I'll say 23 to six. And my bold prediction will be, uh, Charlie Kolar is activated and he gets a touchdown. Let's go with that. Cool. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll go next. Um, I think, uh, I think if Hamilton comes back healthy, I think this will be a very long day for the Broncos. 
That being said, like I do think it's going to be a home game. I think the Ravens are you know going to be playing a lot harder, knowing of uh, you know having that such a hard loss last week. But if Hamilton does come back, I expect this defense to be really good. So my bold, well, so my score prediction, I'm going to call for twenty to nothing. It's going to be a shutout at the bank. And my bold prediction is that uh, Gus Edwards will end up with both of the Ravens touchdowns. It's not a bold prediction in 2022 to predict a shutout for a Russell Wilson-led offense. It is for the Ravens, though. They haven't had one. They haven't had one in a couple of years, I think. Well, no, you didn't. You didn't say that was your bold prediction. You just said it was your score prediction. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That I was know. my point. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Look at my bold and score predictions, and I, I just hate to bring it up to people, but my my bold prediction was that the Ravens are going to limit their. The defense was going to limit them to 230 yards. Well, just Lawrence threw for 320. So, big miss there. And then my score prediction was 24 to 0. Oh. <laughs> God, I Oops. screwed up so bad, guys. I'm really sorry. I'm crying a little bit. Just just looking at how I led you astray. I'm going to try to make it up to you this week. Bold prediction. I feel like I've said this before. Ah, yes. Week six against the Giants. Two sacks for Owe. There we go. I do think Owe has been close. I think that he's due, and I'm looking at this offensive line. I think it's possible. Two sacks for Owe. Score prediction. Peter has six points. Chris has zero points. Am I about to just like prices right? I'm going to go in the middle with three points. I think, yeah. <laughs> I, I can see it. I can see the path of just three points scored. Uh, maybe they get a short field. They get some penalty help. So three points. Are the Ravens offense going to figure out a way to score more than three points? Absolutely they will. How many? Mm, let's say 27. I think they're going to match the output of last game. And it'll be a little disappointing. But hopefully it is a just longer game. Like there's burning clock 14 play drives so ravens 27 to 3 the under but they do cover that's what we're looking at here well i guess it wraps up this episode against the broncos hopefully the ravens give us a lot to talk about positively next week i really wanted to talk about the jaguars game with like what if we had one scenario but i honestly think we would have talked about a lot of the same things there was a lot of weak spots in that game similar kind of Carolina the Carolina recap was a little like we won but all throughout and I think it might have been similar there hopefully this is we won and here's why we're excited about it and maybe they even show us some things that give us glimmers of hope as we go into two divisional matchups after this away as well at Steelers and at Brown so really need to get a win at home against the Broncos to get us on the right trajectory for that away sprint in division you can find us online at twitter one winning pod or youtube one winning pod with history corner that peter might be alluding to right now i'll admit i'm still in the works of figuring out what history corner is going to be this week but uh if you subscribe to the youtube channel you'll get a notification when that video comes online and uh yeah so look forward to something this week maybe there'll be a (laughs) miracle no one knows for sure (laughs) And then, yeah, you can also uh, email us 
wellwinningpod at gmail.com. Go Ravens. Let's get a W. Let's get back in the win column. We'll see you next week.